Welcome to the Tape Ministry of the Embassy of the Word of God, where God is releasing men and women into exploits through the preaching of the Word of Faith. Be transformed and impacted as you listen to God's Word. Holy Ghost, we ask of God that you breathe upon us tonight. Let your word of God come with simplicity. Let somebody be blessed tonight. We rebuke the voice of the enemy over your children in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare that they are blessed. We decree and declare that they are favored. We decree and declare that they are going forward in the name of Jesus. In this year, they will navigate, O oh God, all dark places through the Spirit. For the path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. Therefore, I decree they are shining brighter and brighter. They are moving, O oh God, from glory to glory. They are in increasing glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Romans 1 from verse 1. Romans chapter 1 from verse 1. Yeah, thank you. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel, which he had promised afore by his prophets or through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Hallelujah. And declared to be the son of God with power. Declared to be what? The son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So the power of God was demonstrated in Jesus becoming the son of God through the resurrection from the dead. The Holy Spirit here is called the spirit of holiness. Verse number five. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. When we talk about the faith, we're talking about the common faith. That is the gospel. Hallelujah. Verse 5. By whom we have received. Verse 6. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. 7. To all that be in Rome. Beloved of God. Called to be saints. Grace to you. And peace from God our Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. 8. We're reading to 9. First I thank my God through Jesus Christ. For you all. That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Verse 9. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. That without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Hallelujah. Paul is telling us here from Romans chapter 1. That as a servant of God. And according to his apostleship, grace has been granted to him that he what that grace has been granted to him to be separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the holy scriptures. And Sunday we took a long time to explain what the holy scriptures are. And so I'm not going to go into that. The Holy Scriptures refer to the Old Testament writings from Genesis to Malachi. And we have explained that extensively. And he also said that through the Holy Scriptures, we saw that the writers or the ones that wrote the Old Testament Scriptures were the prophets. Were the prophets. So they came as promises. Promised for by his prophets. So they came as promises. So we said the Old Testament scriptures can be in the form of promises, can be in the form of 
prophecies can be in the form of types and shadows. They are in the form of promises. They are in the form of prophecies. They are in the form of what? Types and shadows. So the Old Testament scriptures, Romans, uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, also emphasizes that and tells us in Hebrews 1, 1, that God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, and we said the word sundry times comes from the Greek word polumeros, P-O-L-U-M-E-R-O-S, polumeros which implies many parts or portions of a whole thing. So many parts. So God who at many times, okay, so many portions and parts of this speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. So he spoke at sundry times, polymeros, and in diverse manners. Um, polytropos, okay? P-O-L-U-T-R-O-P-O-S. Polytropos, which implies many ways. So he used many ways and in different small portions. So the truths they received were not the whole truth. Therefore, the truths the prophets received and wrote about were progressive. They were in portions Therefore, they were progressing. So the many parts of the truth, the truth being Christ, their subjects were presented in many ways through the prophets. I want to say that again. So the many parts of the truth, okay, with being Christ, their subjects, the subject of the prophets, were presented in many ways through the prophets. So, the verse number 2 of Hebrews says, Has in this last day spoken unto us by son. The word, the, the his there was not originally there, was put there by the translators of the Bible. That's why anytime you see um, either italics or you see it in bracket like that on your screen, it's a sign that it was not there before. It was put there by the translators for it to make meaning in terms of reading has in this last day spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Hallelujah. He has appointed heir of all things. So I said that the prophets spoke different portions of the truth in different ways unto the fathers. However, when God wanted to speak to us, he spoke to us in the son. He spoke to us what? In the Son. In these last days, has spoken to us in his Son. So the truth the prophets revealed was progressive. And I used Luke 24 to talk about the, all their truth was to bring them to an arrival point concerning himself. And we said the Greek word concerning Luke Luke 24, um, 26 and 27, was what? Was concerning himself. And the word concerning there means to bring them to an arrival point. Okay? Concerning himself. 27, concerning himself. The word concerning them to bring all the truths to an arrival point. And the arrival point is the himself. And that himself is who? The Christ. That's why God in this last day spoke to us in the Christ. Tonight... The main topic for the Bible study is Jesus, the Word of God. Jesus, the Word of God. And I'll be coming to that in a moment. So all this is a way of re-explaining what we have already discussed, okay? But so that you can get an understanding, a better understanding. Praise the Lord. So the complete, comprehensive revelation of the Father is seen in the Son, Jesus Christ. Is seen where? In the Son, Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter 1, 9 to 11, tells us, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, verse 10 says, Of which salvation? 
the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace. They spoke. So their prophecy spoke of what? The grace. So the person of Jesus is also called the grace that should come unto you. And I will explain that a little bit later. Okay. The grace that should come unto you. The verse 11 saying, searching what manner. Okay. Searching or what manner of time the spirit of Christ. Remember, as at the time they were prophesying, the spirit of Christ was not there. But what the scripture wants us to understand is that the spirit of Christ, which is the spirit of prophecy, was helping them to have a search to see if they could pick, but they could not. When it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So their prophecies contained or their prophecies were around the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should what? Follow. The sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So all their prophecies about the Christ was concerning his suffering and the glory that will what? That will follow. Praise the Lord. If that is clear so far, I want you to say amen wherever you are. Praise God. Now, wonderful. So, that is what they spoke about. They spoke words of salvation. They prophesied of salvation. So, they spoke words of salvation, which borders around the suffering of Christ and the glory that should what follow. So, the prophets prophesied and their prophecies bordered around the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should what follow. And their prophecies of scripture were not of any private interpretation. Their prophecies, okay, the prophecies of the scriptures, what they prophesied about, did not concern them. It was not of any private interpretation, meaning they did not need to inject themselves or ingest themselves into the scripture. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 to 21. It says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the, of the scripture, no prophecy of the scripture, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture and we know what the scripture is already, is of any private interpretation, verse 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God speak. So they spoke and they wrote the prophecies as they were moved, or the word is animated, okay, by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit. So they spoke as the Holy Spirit moved them. So the, their prophecies were not made up. They spoke as the Holy Spirit helped and moved them. They did not make up these prophecies. There were times they spoke by themselves and acted by themselves. Such instances, Jesus, the Son of God, when he came, he corrected their actions. I'll give you one example quickly before I get into the message for today. Luke chapter 9 verse 54. So the prophecies they gave were not for private interpretation. They contained prophecies, promises concerning salvation that borders around the salvation of humanity that will involve the Christ, his suffering, and the glory that should follow. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? So they are saying that, look, as Elias did, let us also call down fire. They were looking at God of Elijah and the songs we used to sing God of Elijah send fire God of Elijah send fire 
God of Elijah sent fire, Holy Spirit, and the scripture is telling us the Holy Spirit is not in that one. No, no. But he turned and rebuked them. So if Jesus is the voice we need to hear, the scripture says he turned and rebuked them. In other words, sharply he corrected them and said, ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. In other words, Elijah acted on his own and called down fire. He misused or misappropriated the power of God on his life and called down fire. But Jesus came to tell them, the God of heaven does not call down fire. Mm-mm. He doesn't call down fire. So Elijah operated on his own. That instance was not what the scriptures wanted him to do or see. So that's why I said that the scriptures, their prophecies were not of what private interpretation. So there were things they said as the spirit of God moved them concerning the Christ. That was the center of Jesus' teaching in Luke 24. There were things that they did that were their own actions upon their own volition. And when Jesus came, he corrected them. He corrected them. Now today's message, look, um, um, Jesus, the word of God. So Jesus, the scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, the verse number 1 to 3. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, verse 2, has in this last day spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, verse 3, who being the brightness or the glory, okay, the fulgence, the glory of his, the, the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by what? The word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. Now I'm going to be using scriptures that you are very, very familiar with. In fact, I might have quoted them several times, but please don't think you understand it until you hear me. So open your spirit, open your heart. Don't think you know it until you hear me because every day we explain the same verses that we quote. But it is the explanations that will bring you knowledge for victory. John chapter 1, the verse number 1 to 4. So he upholds all things by the word of his power. But I want to say this categorically. Before Jesus appeared on the earth, Jesus was never called Jesus. His name was the Word. Jesus was always known as the Word in heaven. In the beginning was the Word. The Greek word here is the word logos. Logos is used 331 times in the New Testament. Okay? And uh, it is translated, the word, the word, word that translated from the English, from the Greek, is the word logos, L-O-G-O-S. And the word, or the logos, was with God, and the word was God. The word was God. The word was God. The word logos means a statement. The word logos means a statement. I'm very slow because I want you to take notes. The word logos also means a story. It also means a message. And its strongest meaning is a conclusion. It means a statement. It means a story. It means a message. And it also means a conclusion. Now, it refers to when you reach a conclusion or a collection of facts that say the same thing. A collection of facts that say what? The same 
thing. So Jesus in the beginning was with God and the word was with God. Now the word with here is the word, is a Greek word pros. Now this is why I'm saying don't think you know this verse until you've heard me. The word pros there with God is doesn't imply or doesn't mean like you are with somebody in a car, you are with somebody in the restaurant, or you are sitting with a person, okay? Being with a person, no. This word, pros, means to point to. So in the beginning was the word, and the word points to God, and the word was God. Point to. So it means to point to. It does not have the meaning of being with a person. It simply means the statement or the conclusion pointed to God. So the word as a statement, as a conclusion, points to God. Remember we said that the Old Testament scriptures were called prophecies. And these prophecies were also called mystery. And mysteries are truths that have been hidden that ought to be what explained or uncovered. The way they are uncovered is the explanation. Now, so these prophets of the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi, explained different portions of scriptures, facts here and there. And as they are put together in a conclusive manner, it points to God. It points to God. It points to who? God. First John chapter 5, verse 7. If you understand that so far, I will be very happy. So First John chapter 5, verse 7, we see, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. So in heaven... There is the, what is called the God community. The God community. Now, the God community is made up of God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. You will understand why they are one. They are one because you can only see the Word through the Father. Hallelujah. You can see the Word through the father you can see the father through the word you can only see the word through the holy spirit the holy spirit can be explained through the word the father manifests the word so in other words what we are saying is that the three testify of each other the word testifies of the father the father testifies of the word the word testifies of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost testifies of the word. So these three, this is how the three become one. They testify of each other. So God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus came, Jesus was not known as Jesus. There is a name that you are known with in the heavens. Hallelujah. I pray your fathers got the right name. And they did not choose some strange name for you. I pray they did not choose some, some strange name like Doggy or like Egypt or like Israel or like something. I pray that your spiritual name <laughs> was what your father and your mother designed and gave to you. And they did not give you some rubbish name. <laughs> Amen. Because the name you bear in the heavens would determine your destiny, your spiritual original destiny. So Jesus' name was not, was not Jesus. His name was called the Word. In the earth realm, they gave him the name Jesus for the assignment that he was going to what? Undertake. No doubt in Matthew chapter 1, the verse number 18 to 23. Let's read that. Matthew 1, 18 to 23. The scripture tells us, Now the birth of Jesus Christ, was on this wise 
when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is actually the father of Jesus. So remember I told you <laughs> that the three bear record of one another. How can the Holy Spirit be the father of Jesus and God the father be the father of Jesus? Because the Holy Spirit is God. Verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately or privately. Okay? Verse 20. But while he taught on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. I love this. That which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. The angel has to categorically give the name Jesus. He shall be called Jesus. Why? That's why the column is there. For he shall save his people from their sins. That is the meaning of the name Jesus. His assignment on earth was to save his people. So in the earth realm, as the seed of David, he was called Jesus. But in the heavens, he was the word. The word that was also God. But before he existed as Jesus, he was always called the word. Hallelujah. He was always called the word. That's why in heaven, he is the lamb, the word seated on the throne. He is, has always and will always be the word. The angels knew him as the word. So when they came, the, this angel was given a specific assignment. He shall be called. He shall be called. They had to call his name Jesus for him to bear that name in the earth realm. He shall be called Jesus. For he shall save his people from what? From So Jesus pre-existed as the word. 1 John chapter 1, the verse number 1. 1 John 1, 1. Now, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. So, how did they hear it? They heard it through the prophecies, which we have seen. They saw him through the incarnation. The word incarnation means God becoming flesh. Okay, incarnation means God becoming flesh. So they heard through the prophecies, they have seen with their physical eyes. That's why they were called eyewitnesses. That's why last year, when I taught you about the division of the Bible, I said the Old Testament scriptures were called what prophecies. Okay, whilst the gospels were eyewitness accounts. So, what Matthew saw, he wrote about the word, what um, Luke saw. He wrote about the word. What um, Mark saw, he wrote about the world. They were called eyewitness accounts. So what we have seen with our eyes in terms of eyewitnesses, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. So what was prophesied to us as the word of God, which we have heard about in prophecies in the scriptures, okay, which our eyes have now seen, our hands have handled, of the word of life, the logos of Zoe, the word of life. Verse 2, for the life was manifested and we have seen him. The life, so the person is called the life. Jesus, the word is called the life. Hallelujah. Jesus, the word. Is called the life. In John 1 um, 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 verse 4 and 5, the scripture makes us understand, especially in the verse number 5, he says that what? And the word shineth in darkness, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness what? Comprehended it not. Comprehended it not. But the verse number 4 says, and this light in him was what? Life. The word was a him. The word has always been a him. The word has always been a him. In him was life, and the life was the light 
of man. In him was life, and this life was the light of man. This is what John is saying in his letter, his epistle, in 1 John 1, 2, that that which we have handled of the word of life, that which we have handled of the word of life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen him, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life. So he is not just life. The life you are referring to here is called eternal life, which was with the Father. Remember the word? With. Which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, preached on. Halakumananaya. He says, preach on unto the Gentiles. Sin of angels, preached on unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. Hallelujah. God was manifest in the flesh. So the manifestation of God in the flesh is called the incarnation. This is what John was explaining in John 1.14. He says, and the word became what? Flesh was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I'll come to this in a moment um, before I, I close. But let me finish with that. Let me, let's finish with the first John. So, first John th- and three. That which we have seen, heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That which we have heard, seen, declare we unto you. In other words, we are eyewitnesses and we are declaring to you what we have really seen, not in prophecy. So in prophecy, the prophets prophesied, but in the new dispensation, we have seen him. We declare unto you what we have seen. Hallelujah. What we have seen. Let, let, let me, Revelations 19, 13. The scripture also tell us um, something very instructive over there. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. This was his name. He was clothed with a vesture, a clothing dipped in blood. And his name was called what? The word of God. So, simply put, with all the scriptures we have read, what we want to say is this. Jesus pre-existed as God and became a man. And he was referred to as a man as the only begotten of the Father. That is what we read in John 1, 14. That, and the word became flesh or was made flesh. And dwelt among us. Hallelujah. Dwelt among us. The word was made flesh. The word was made flesh. He was referred to as the only begotten of the father. And I will be explaining a few times here from here. So Matthew as well. In Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 21 that we read. Okay. Talked about or explained Jesus' change of status. That Jesus was first God. But had to change his status. To become a man. He had to change his status. He changed his status in Philippians chapter 2. The verse number 6 to 8. Paul explaining Jesus' state before and after said. Who? That is talking about Jesus. Being in the form of God. Or who was God. Taught it not robbery. To be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation. So you see. When the scripture says, talks about, and the word was made flesh, okay? The word was made flesh. It means one that changed his status by his own will. He changed his status by his own will. Was made, comes from the Greek word, ginomai. G-I-N-O-M-A-I. G-I-N-O-M-A-I. Which means he changed his own status by his own will but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant 
and was made in the likeness of men. So the word became a man. God became a man. And being found in the fashion as a man, the scripture says, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus' life resulted in the death on the cross. Praise God. His life ended with the death on the cross. And this is what Matthew as well was explaining in the scripture we read earlier in Matthew 1, 18 to 23. Explaining Jesus' change of status. Okay? He changed his status so that to fulfill the prophecy as spoken by Isaiah in Isaiah 7 verse 14. So the prophecy concerning Jesus that will come and be among men. This is how Isaiah prophesied it in the Old Testament or in the scriptures. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel means God with us. God becoming a man and dwelling among men. God has become a man so that men through him might come into the God community. Hallelujah. So that men through God or through Christ, the word God, might come into the God community. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 6. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Let's look at that quickly. Ephesians 2.6 And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where are we seated? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this is where we are seated. In him we are seated. In Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.20 Let's look at that as well. Ephesians 1.20 also tells us something in that vein. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So he is in the heavenly places and we are seated with him in the heavenly places. So, so that we can become part of the God community. We can be part of the God community. He had to become a man so that men can become God or men can take on the nature of God and come into the God community. Praise the Lord. So how did God do this? He did it through what is called the incarnation. The incarnation. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten. So I want to explain the word only begotten. The only begotten is translated from the Greek word monogene. That is M-O-N-O-G-E-N-E-S. I want to read it. I want to spell it again. M-O-N-O-G-E-N-E-S. Monogene. Now, mono, that is made up of two words. Mono, okay. So the mono part implies solely or uniquely. So it's not talking about number. It's not saying like the first number one. No, it's referring to um, source, where he came from, his source. His source was God. So monogenia simply means Jesus uniquely or solely came from God. And he dwelling among us is what John is referring to in First John 1. That what? That, that which we have heard. Our eyes have also had seen. Our hands have handled of the word of life. Talking about Jesus Christ that, in, that has been fulfilled in prophecy. So the prophecies that were prophesied has been fulfilled and we are eyewitnesses. We have handled him. We have understood. We have seen him. In essence, John is explaining further that the humanity of Jesus revealed God. Let me say this again. The humanity of Jesus revealed God. Okay? The humanity of Jesus revealed God. How? It revealed God as a gracious man. So, God as one who is gracious to man. The word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the 
only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word and there is a Greek word kai, K-A-I, full of grace, which is truth. In other words, Jesus that came from the Father, okay, that is uniquely sourced from the Father, has become a man dwelling among us to show us the Father that he is full of grace towards man. That is the explanation of John 1, 14. So John, then he goes further in John 1, 17 to 18 to tell us something very unique and I will stop there tonight. John 1, 8, 17 to 18 says, For the law was given by Moses, but, the but was not supposed to be there, but they put it there anyway, that's fine. Grace, which is truth, came by Jesus. So, Jesus, his descent from divinity into humanity and in his earthly ministry, in all he did, he demonstrated God's graciousness. Remember we read in Peter, where he says what? They shall talk about what? The prophecy was going to be about the grace that was supposed to come. What grace? How God will be gracious to men. So, John said he was full of grace. So, John said this about the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Verse number 18. No man, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. I'm going to be explaining this verse. Um, very importantly, I told you I've been, we, we quote these verses, but I've never taken time to explain them to you. But today I will explain them to you so that you have an understanding. We'll bring every point that we have been studying to an arrival point. So, Jesus came to declare the Father. Number one, okay? Jesus came to declare who? The Father. No man has seen God at any time. So, until Jesus came, nobody at any time had seen God. The Greek word used for no man is the word udis. O-U-D-E-I-S. Udis. If that's how it's spelled. I'm not a Greek person, but... Udis or Audis, whatever, <laughs> whether it's Audis or Udis, which means no man, not even one, no one, not even one. That's the explanation. At any time implies up until this point. So up until John was writing, no man has seen God at any time. Okay, there was no physical representation or appearance of God. But how is this, which is in the, but then he goes on to say, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten, the only begotten son of the father, he has declared him, praise God. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. The only begotten son which is in the bosom of the father. He has declared him. Now, the word bosom comes from the Greek word kolpos. K-O-L-P-O-S. Now, what does that mean? It means to see one through another. It's very important I explain this word so that I can, you will understand this verse a little bit clearer now. Kolpos. K-O-L-P-O-S. It means to see one through another. Okay? So, Jesus, in his incarnation, his teaching, his preaching ministry, his actions were very vital in explaining the revelation of God to man. So, in essence, we are seeing this verse number 18 is saying that the incarnation of Jesus Christ or the coming of Christ the word becoming flesh is was to reveal God the Father to man. That is Jesus' actions, his words were going to be the explanation. 
were going to be the explanation. The word he has declared. The word declared there, the Greek word used, simply means to teach or to explain. To teach or to explain. So his teaching ministry, his explanation. So anytime Jesus wanted to talk to the people, he taught them. He taught them. That's why he was called Didaskalos. That is the teacher. He taught them. He explained to them. And he used the scriptures to explain to them their misunderstanding of the scriptures. This is what is called revelation knowledge. So, have you? So, like most of the time, Jesus in in, in explaining the scriptures will, will will ask them. For example, in Matthew twelve verse eight, let me just read that one, and then we'll stop there. Matthew twelve um, verse three. Sorry, Matthew twelve verse three. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was unhanged? And they that were with him. So you find out here that Jesus is quoting from the scriptures to read what the word have you not read is from the Greek word anaginosko, which simply means to read with rapt attention, to pay attention to details, to read over and over again until you get the truth of it. So he's asking them, have you not read it over and over again until it gets into you? And then he goes further on to explain it out, but I'll do that another day. I want to end here. Praise God. So he pointed out to their misunderstanding. If you read all of that chapter 12 a little bit downwards, he pointed their misunderstanding to the Sabbath. They thought that the Sabbath is a day, but Jesus used that to explain to them that the Sabbath is actually about him, Jesus as the person. Now, so what have we said? We have said that Jesus, the word, when he came, he came, he was with the father in other words he pointed to the father the word with was to point to the father when he became flesh emmanuel he came as emmanuel to explain the nature of god that god is gracious to men and in doing this he did it through explanation and his teaching and in his explanation and his teaching he showed men god who god is Hallelujah. He showed men who God is. And so up until now, no man has ever explained God accurately like Jesus did. So Jesus would tell them they wanted fire to come down. Jesus said, no, no, the spirit you are made of is not to call down fire. Hallelujah. So you are not the kind that have the spirit that calls down fire. Why? Because you are of another stock. You are of another stock. And the scripture says, and this word, this word was the light of man. This word was the life of man. The understanding you have in the word brings you life. And this life is what will bring you illumination. This is what Paul was saying in Romans 10. That the word which is near you, in your mouth, in your heart, the word that is life, the word that is light in your heart, is what you declare over your atmosphere to change your atmosphere, to change your destiny, to cause things to change. It is the word that is in your heart, that is in your mouth, which is the word of faith which we preach. This is what you declare. The revelation of this word is what will bring light and life to you. Hallelujah. It's what will bring what? Light and life to you. Light and life is in your heart. The revelation of the knowledge of Jesus Christ to shine in our heart that the eyes of your understanding will receive light. When the eyes of your understanding receive light, you know that Jesus Christ is the revelation of God. He is the revelation of God, the accurate revelation of God. Anybody that represents, that, that talks about God will never represent God as accurately as Jesus did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So anything Moses spoke about God, anything Elijah spoke about God, anything that Abraham spoke about God will not be as accurate as the son. For in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ. So the understanding, the unpacking of the Old Testament is the revelation knowledge we are talking about. So, what do we mean by revelation knowledge? Simply put, Jesus that is concealed in the Old Testament revealed to us in the New Testament. 
So when we see the revelation of Jesus Christ, we see the revelation of our lives. We begin to have an understanding, a better understanding of the scriptures. And so you will not misinterpret the scriptures. Jesus said to them, For ye err, because ye know not the scriptures. Many error is committed because we know not the scriptures. But when you come to the place of knowledge in the scriptures, you will not err. Nobody greater, nobody greater than you. If you're not sure that you are born again, but you want Jesus to be resident as the Holy Spirit, this is soon you will not see me. That's his death. But it says soon you will see me because I go to the Father. The only way we can see him is through the Holy Spirit. If for any reason you want to receive Jesus into your heart, I want to pray for you quickly now, wherever you are, just pray this prayer with me. Declare with me, Father, let the Spirit of God come into me. Let me not be the same. I ask, oh God, that make me a new creation through the work of regeneration, through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father, I receive into my spirit a new spirit. I am a new creation from today. I refuse to be the son and the daughter of the devil. I receive from today the spirit of sonship. Therefore, I take dominion. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit will come into me strong in the name of Jesus. Now pray this prayer me, declare me in the name of Jesus. If you don't speak in tongues, declare me in the name of Jesus. By the evidence of speaking in tongues, I receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost and with the outward manifestation to begin to speak in tongues now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I receive the gift of speaking in the Holy Ghost now. I went across the deep blue sea Couldn't find one to compare To your grace, your love, your mercy